but let's let's actually talk about the results here. Um, you know, uh, all the groups, as much as everybody was talking about, you know, like, oh, these are the filler, you know, not, not calling out anyone in particular. It's the words punk used, I know, but I'm not calling out anyone in particular, but I'm just using the words because a lot of people were, ta- were, were using that after a while. Um, so, uh, a lot of people had their favorites coming out of every pool and clearly some of the pools went the way that we expected, but there were a lot of pools that ended up very different than we thought. So group A, of course, had Joe Umerogan, Crossover, Kawano, Shadoken, Gigi Halibel, and Phenom. You know, I, I suspect most people were, uh, you know, thinking Phenom and Kawano were going to make it out. And sure enough, they both were four and one and they made it out of that pool. Uh, but again, a lot of players doing really well over their crossover went three and two. Uh, and Halibel and Joe Umarogan holding their own at two and three. Uh, unfortunately, only Shadowken went uh, 0 and 5. But again, you know, having a representative from India out there. And not only that, too, Shadowkin was from India and Northern California at the same time. Like, he was walking around, and one of the Capcom guys who works in NorCal was like, wait, I know this guy. I've played him before. What the heck? And yeah, sure enough, he's, he was a dude from NorCal uh, at one point in time, born in India, <laughs> uh, lived in NorCal for a while. So Shadow Ken was like speaking perfect English, etc., etc. It was actually kind of funny. Uh, I mean, uh, we don't know yet, Hidden Vision. Again, adding more participants. So Hidden Vision's asking, are they adding more participants? Again, it's just more expensive, right? Because that's more people you got to fly out, more people you got to house, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, that's always the, 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 the trickiest part over there. Group B, I think a lot of people picked Chris Wong and Big Bird to make it out of there. But uh, Big Bird did not make it out of there, in fact. Uh, he had the same win count as Despair King from China and Nephew from the U.S. And uh, Nephew was the one, I believe, who made it out. Yeah, Nephew was the one that made it out uh, based off of the, uh, the, the, the game differential. Oh, did they announce that at the Cup? I, I, I don't remember. I don't remember if they said more than 48. Uh, I, I, I forgot, so... Uh, but uh, it was Chris Wong and Nephew that made it out of that pool. Uh, in Group C, you know, a lot of people had Knuckle Dude, DCQ, and Mr. Crimson, you know, making it out. And sure enough, Knuckle Dude and DCQ did make it out of there. I thought Bravery would be a good spoiler. And sure enough, Bravery went three and two. In fact, he was third place over Mr. Crimson because DCQ and Knuckledoo made it out. And only because of game differential, Knuckledoo started in the loser's bracket. Uh, group D, a lot of people had uh, Gachakun. Uh, this Group D was one of the toughest ones, right? Uh, Gachakun, Valmaster, Takamura, and NL, everybody was talking about. Nobody was talking about Soul VNG or Mike X. But Mike X ended day one in the lead. <laughs> uh, obviously, it didn't last particularly long, but he went two and three. Soul VNG, the modern Luke, beat up a, d- different, a bunch of people. He was uh, two, three. Uh, actually, I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was the game count. And if it was a tie after that, then I think it was the head-to-head matchup. 
Uh, I thought Valmaster was going to do great. I picked him as one of the people I thought could win the tournament. He went one and four. Valmaster ended up in last place in that pool. <laughs> like, that's absolutely nuts. The only person he beat, <laughs> weirdly, was Gachakun. And I believe he did it with Kimberly, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but Gachakun and NL made it out of that pool. Uh, Group E... Fudo and Sien, I know a lot of people wanted Snake Eyes to make it out of there, uh, but Fudo and Sien made it out of there. That was kind of like the, I felt like a, a good chance for them to make it out of there. Uh, Samuel, Mirkin, Namikaze, and Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes, third place, three and two. No surprise to anybody there. Uh, doing some sick jump camp, canceling SPDs and such. Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, Kusanagi and Snake Eyes aren't in the same pool, Slick Tricks. Uh, group F, of course, the group of terror had Mena, Kaba, Ending Walker, Angry Bird, Nero the Boxer, and Lashar. And remember, everybody was like, well, who's Nero the Boxer and who's Lashar? Who gives a crap about them? Like, obviously, Mena, Angry Bird, Kaba, and Ending Walker are going to be fighting for to see who makes it out of there. And nobody got that right. <laughs> nobody got that right. Because uh, obviously Mena did make it out of there. But Lashar with the Chun-Li, who even tweeted out after the group phases were picked, he's like, well, I had a nice Capcom Cup. And so, uh, yeah, Lashar makes it out of that pool. Yeah, I mean, some people did say Lashar for sure, but the general public and especially a lot of the people going like, this is so, like, this random is bad and Lashar, who are these side players, etc., etc. Uh, do casters make a lot of money, Chabroni? <laughs> Hell no. Hell no. Hell to the N-O. Um, but yeah, Ending Walker actually only finished one and four. And, and Nero the Boxer finished two and three. Two and three. And uh, so did Angry Bird. So again, very competitive bracket here. But Mena RD and Lashar made it out. And Lashar made it out in first place. He was the number one player. He was the one who made it out on winner's side. Uh, group G, uh, this was the group that a lot of people felt like was the free pass or whatever. But uh, Uma certainly made it out of that one, and he did it uh, as the number one spot. Safe was the second one. Safe from Canada. And in fact, Safe was the uh, farthest. He got the highest position out of all NA players. If you're talking about North America, Safe from Canada got farther than any of the U.S. players. So, you know, you can't say that Safe was lucky or a fluke here because he did better than a lot of other players did. Juninho Raz, uh, uh, ROF, Rain Pro, all going uh, two and three, I believe. Uh, Garnett did go 0 and 5, unfortunately, but again... Just really cool to be there. And then Group H, another hard one to call, but Problem X winning last chance qualifiers. There's nobody who wouldn't have picked Problem X making it out of that pool. And he didn't make it out of that pool. He didn't make it out of that pool. He actually ended up... Uh, um, he ended up losing by game differential with a tie score with uh, Dual Kevin and Travis Styles. They all went three and two, and Dual Kevin was the one that made out of it. But Kusanagi from Mexico was the one that w took it 4-1. 4-1. 
absolutely, dude, 4 1 Kusanagi from Mexico, from Mexico, making it out 4 1. And I bet you nobody was picking him to make it out of there uh, as the number one seed of that pool. So, again, look, man, everybody talking about, you know, what they f- knew was going to happen, et cetera, et cetera. It's just, it's just not as simple as it is, as you actually think it is. And of course, uh, let me get the actual Capcom Cup brackets here. Uh, sorry, I should have had this up beforehand. But, you know, the, the pools were pretty brutal. Half the players had to start in the loser side of the bracket, uh, top 16. But again, uh, man, like... Everyone was talking, like, after Lashar made it out of Group F, everybody's like, holy crap, Lashar is amazing. He's so good. He's so good. And he went 0-3 against Uma, right? You know, so uh, Uma went 3-0 against Kusanagi. Like, all this stuff that people were expecting to happen. Phenom going 0-3 against Chris Wong. You know, DCQ defeating Gachikun 3-1. I mean, it was, it was a bloodbath in this tournament, man. It was an absolute bloodbath. And uh, just I feel like it just didn't go the way a lot of people expected it to. And uh, Uma taking it definitely was a very, very big surprise, I think. Uh, in top eight, Uma lost two games in winner's finals to Chris Wong. And then three games to Chris Wong. So in uh, in winner's side of top 16, he lost five uh, games total to Chris Wong. So, he, oh, dude, there's no way it wasn't going to have a bunch of upsets, Ab Norman. So, like, I mean, Ab Norman is saying, like, Abby Norman is saying, like, you called it, James. This cat cup had the potential for upsets, and upsets did occur. Like, it's just going to happen. <laughs> when I gave all my picks, you know, to David beforehand, I was like, I am 100% picking the safe picks. Like, I know this isn't going to be accurate. Uh, I know I'm going to be wrong because of upsets, but I'm just picking the safe picks just because that's just how I want to do it. So, and yeah, I mean, Jury is definitely a very strong character. Uh, you know, Cone asked how many high-level juries do the other players regularly get to play? Was that at all a factor? Not as much. Jury is not, I mean, Jury's always been top 10. So she's still in that vaunted top 10, which is weird to say in a game with 20 characters because that's the upper half. But Jury is always considered strong. In fact, Big Bird spent a lot of time being really frustrated with Jury because Jury beats up Marisa, and so he hates the character, understood. But, you know, uh, Jury has always been a very, very, oh, way more juries than Dulcips. Way more juries than Dulcips. It's not even a comparison. Uh, so, yeah, th- um, just not how people expected it. And with Uma taking it, and again, I was really sad. I never really got a chance to to, to shake Uma's hand or congratulate him. Uh, but, you know, I really wanted to tell him I was, you know, definitely rooting for him. He was in, you know, ICFC Asia. He was destroying everybody there except for Filipino champ. Like, Filipino champ was the only one that could beat him. Uh, I don't know if that's a matchup thing or could just be the, hi, we have no Dalsam's experience. Although, I think that's a lie because uh, F champ has said he named a bunch of the really good Dalsam players in the Asia region that I'm sure they practice against a lot. But regardless, uh, you know, after watching Uma in those tournaments, I was I became such a fan. He I just I felt like he understood jury more than anybody else. 
like I was telling Ultra David before the tournament start, I was like, man, Uma's so good. He does things I don't think other juries do. I really think he's super good, super good. I wasn't expecting him to win, but at least that made me look smart. <laughs> Oh, a lot of people are mad that Luke or JP didn't win. You guys want me to play JP's theme on stream right now? Duh. Anyways, no, I'm not going to do it. Um, I mean, I get it. I get why they did it because a lot of the events, you know, they use the same song, you know, for the, for the end of the match stuff. But, man, <laughs> and JP and Zangief's themes, I think, fit the best for the context. But man, yeah, I think people just got really sick of that JP theme because uh, that was all they played. Uh, Uma was interesting because he had a very, ton of very specific interactions. He was taking advantage and interesting conversions. Yes, yes, that's exactly what I meant. He had so many amazing, like every time I watched him in ICFC Asia, he would just make these conversions that I've seen so few other juries make. And in fact, David was sitting next to uh, Mean Saltine the entire time. And Mean Saltine is a jury player. And even Mean Saltine was like, I have never seen that before. I have never seen that before. <laughs> you know, I mean, jury players were saying that they didn't know you could do some of the stuff that Uma was doing. And that's just, that's what I mean. He's just, he's such a strong player. I love how Uma said he was going to win when they announced one million. When did you know you could win a million dollars when they announced that one million dollars was the prize? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of nerves for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uma, I mean, he didn't play perfect. No question. No question. Dude, that fireball saving him from Luke Super Art 1 was one of the most brutal, brutal finishes ever. Man, that, that, that was disgusting dude let me see if i can find that for you guys just in case if you guys don't remember it because it was just god when it happened you're just it was like <laughs> holy crap man all right let me see if i can find this here uh i know high fight tweeted it out and i retweeted it so i'm just looking for that clip right now uh, obviously, I've also been retweeting a ton of ed tech out there. Uh, so uh, let's see here. High fight, high fight, high fight. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, that's not the right one. That is not the right one. And again, if you guys haven't seen this highlight, dude, it's just like, yeah, this highlight is so, so disgusting. Oh, man. Here, let's do this. Let's do this. Uh, yoink. Here we go. Look at Chris Wong's expression, dude. Look at Chris Wong's expression. And look at Uma on the other side. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> All according to plan.
Dude, that was the most ridiculous thing, dude. Oh, man. You had to feel it for Chris Wong in that. You had to feel it for Chris Wong in that situation, man. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, right? If I was Chris, I would have just put the headphones down. I would have needed to walk around for a second right there. But seriously, if we had a way to like, I need to sync that up with the actual super because I want to know how many frames we were away from actually that sandblaster hitting. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, again, you know, Uma winning this, I I'm so happy for him. I'm so proud of him, you know, for coming out here and doing his thing. And again, it's just, it's so wonderful to see this kind of a situation. It's so wonderful to see a player, you know, who, you know, they said the story is that he is very poor. He only managed to make it to the Singapore and France and Evo finals because, you know, friends donated and, you know, he basically scrapped up and saved. And when he arrived in America for Capcom Cup, he only had $300 to spend and apparently just ate all of the free Capcom provided meals at the hotel whenever he could. And now he won $600,000 <laughs> after taxes. So, yeah, uh, really, really, really cool. So, uh, I mean, what, where's the idea of them being secret trading partners? I, I, don't, I don't see that. So, um, uh, I don't know. Uh, Hidden Vision, it doesn't matter. Uh, Mena, probably, I mean, Blanca or Luke, whichever. Luke might have been better just because Fudo's anti-airs are so really really good so you know Blanca wasn't going to be able to jump in as much but you know hindsight 2020 vision at this point what, what are you going to do oh Chris Wong said they are training partners well there you go yeah so they're training partners then I mean cool <laughs> cool <laughs> congratulations to them get in on that if apparently if you want to finish in the top four of Capcom Cup go train with them Go train with them. Uh, but there you go. Uma is the champion. And again, I don't think any, I mean, a few people probably picked Uma, but the majority of the players out there probably didn't even know who he was. It was really only anybody who had experience with ICFC Asia that were able to say like, look, I remember, I know, I actually was blessed to have seen Uma before this. I know who he is, but most people really, even a lot of the other players, even a lot of the commentators were just, they didn't have any intel on him. And so that the fact that he actually came out here and won, I mean, shout outs to Uma. I'm again, what a great story. What a great history. What a great new chapter to add to the FGC at this point. You know, I mean, if someone like Mena won again, obviously we would be talking about all this stuff, but you know, Mena's life has, already, life has already been changed by winning two Capcom Cups. To have someone like Uma be able to, 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 to have this kind of experience, to, to, to win this money, to be able to change lives, I think it would be really, really cool. So, uh, I'm, I think because he won the money in the U.S., the U.S. taxes him. I'm not 100%. Uh, sure. So uh, I, I am not the right person to ask about that money in that situation. So, 
But yeah, again, that's the argument right there for the you know global representation for giving people chances like this. Uh, if it was a point system, sure, Uma made it out to three offline events this year, but that's because there were only three, and you know you could easily plan for those. But I mean, you remember the story of guys like PR Rog one year, Gamer B another year, Dark Joa like every year that they fought so hard, they traveled to so many events trying to get those points to make it in and they kept falling shy of it and you know how stressful that it was. If we were at a point system, there's no way Uma could have done this. And nobody would know how strong Uma was and nobody would know you know, what jury was capable of in the right hands. So, you know, again, do I think the global system is better than the points offline seeded system? No, because I want offline. I really want offline back. I would love to be able to travel and see people offline again. However, do I think the offline point system is better than the global system? No. <laughs> Because I love the representation. I love giving the opportunity to the people who deserve that, you know, who have a chance to make names for themselves like that. And they absolutely deserve to make it out there. Again, the end goal is to try to find an amalgamation of both. That's the goal right there. It's not one or the other. One is not better than the other. They're just two different versions of the same thing. And if we can make them one version of the one thing, that's the best way to do it. It's the best way to do it, so... In any case, uh, I guess what I can do here quickly is open it up a little bit. If anybody has any other questions, you know, feeling like that I, there was some stuff that I didn't cover here. Uh, but, I mean, I guess from my perspective, I mean, again, Capcom Cup was one run really well last year. The Avalon is definitely a neat venue uh, to run it at. Uh, they moved the commentary from the balcony, I mean, from the little box seating area to the balcony. And that was a lot of staircases. I definitely got really, really tired. <laughs> uh, the crowd wasn't huge just because it's a small venue. It's a small venue, so uh, there's no way we could squeeze that many people in there. Thank you, Bretonian, for the sub. Appreciate it very, very, very much. So uh, as a Chinese, how were the Pagoda egg rolls, really? Uh, I will be 100% honest with you. Uh, the buffalo chicken ones, I thought were okay because they didn't taste particularly Chinese, right? I mean, buffalo chicken is not something that I expect out of egg rolls. They are good. They just were very odd to me. The pork pagoda egg rolls, however, I, I legit was like, I'm going to buy these now. I am literally, next time I go to the grocery store, going to go find some pagoda pork egg rolls because they were actually really, really good. Uh, how come there weren't any translators for the foreign players? Uh, it's weird. We did have a translator there. I know we had a translator there and she said that she was supposed to translate for the Japanese and I'm not sure why that didn't happen. I don't think they were maybe even expecting the, 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 the Uma to be there. They even asked me, they're like, how good is your Mandarin? How good is your Mandarin? And I was like, not good enough, dude. Not good enough, trust me. Um, so they did get Sien, uh, so he, he, he was a good translator. So again, I really just, uh, I mean, maybe even Capcom wasn't prepared for having a potential Chinese victor uh, out there as well. So 
yeah, of course we don't like having the players put in that situation. And again, this is all things we'll figure out. Like a lot of people are mad, like, why didn't they have the translate, you know? And it's just like, look, there's like 7,000 moving parts to this thing and 7,000 things they're thinking about. Like, oh my God, we need to take care of this. We need to take care of that. And then realizing at the last second, holy crap, a Chinese guy might win this. Do we have anyone who speaks Chinese in here? You know, kind of a situation. It's kind of really tough. <laughs> it's kind of tough. So, you know, I'm not going to hold it against them. Not going to hold it against them. Uh, so, yeah, uh, thanks to Sien for being able to do that, uh, honestly. I mean, I ran around asking a ton of Chinese people. I went up to Sherry, and Sherry was like, yeah, they already asked me. I can't do it either. So, <laughs> so yeah. oh, man. But uh, any other questions from anybody or just anything that they want to say? Um, you know, I, I, I felt like uh, I did really well with the commentary this past weekend. I was personally uh, happy with my, with my own performance. Sherry is not Vietnamese. Sherry is Chinese. Uh, Sherry is straight up Chinese. Uh, it's that one... It's that one uh, group of Chinese that live like that 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 like lived in Vietnam or something like that. But she is Chinese. She's she's uh, she speaks Chinese. Her she considers herself Chinese, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, what was there to do for the spectators at the venue? Uh, there was a few Ed builds around for people to mess around. But um, honestly, outside of that, it was just for viewing. Because like I said, it's a, it's a club. Like the Avalon venue is literally a club. The stage is meant for a band. And there's just supposed to be a bunch of people standing there and listening to music, etc., etc. So there really wasn't much else to do at the venue, to be honest. Uh, you know, it's, it's not like Evo. It's not an Evo event. You're there, you watch, and that's what you do. So, um... um Oh, that's cool, Slick Tricks. I'm glad to hear that. Says I don't I don't watch a lot of competitive SF6, but it was a lot of fun for me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I felt like I did really well. I felt like I did a good job telling the stories, you know, trying to be hype, trying to really kind of uh, uh, convey. This is the word I'm looking for: the gravity of the moment. Uh, yeah, Nan is not a Chinese name. Nan last name is definitely more of a Vietnamese name. Uh, but I think that's just like the Vietnamese romanization of her last name or something like that. And it just kind of, look, there's a lot of complications when it comes to Asians living in different regions and such, you know. I can tell you one of the top Japanese players from Japan isn't actually Japanese. Uh, but that's not my, uh, that's not my story to share. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um. Uh, again, you know, I, I felt like the commentary that I did was really good. Uh, I was really happy with it. But again, you know, a lot of my commentary always comes from uh, my personal viewpoint. And, you know, obviously a lot of people out there find my viewpoint very uh, skeptical at best when I talk about, you know, Ken being, you know, top two or Blanca being top five, you know, a lot of people are like, you are crazy, James, you know? So, you know, hopefully it was still fun. And, you know, I, I really do 
want to make sure I still give you guys accurate information. So hopefully a lot of the technical stuff that I was doing uh, was still pretty spot on. I feel a lot more comfortable and in touch with Street Fighter VI than I did with Street Fighter V, uh, honestly. So while I did understand Street Fighter V, uh, on also there was like 44 characters. It was hard to keep track of all the tricks out there. But I really, really hope is uh, it was. I hope people really did appreciate it. So uh, the presentation and pacing of FG tournaments is atrocious these days. I'm glad sponsors are getting in. The players are making board, but there's a lot of room for improvement for the viewer experience. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, it's also a little bit more difficult uh, than I think. Excuse me. People are aware. I mean, obviously, we did three matches break, three matches break, three matches break. And, you know, that's just something we got to live with, right? Uh, but a lot of times when the commentators are talking in between matches, uh, that's not just because we like hearing ourselves talk. A lot of the times because it does take a little bit of time, and especially in that environment there where they were on the stage and uh, they had to do a bunch of like precursory checks and all these things like that. It just took a little longer before the players were able to get settled in and actually uh, start playing. And so they needed us to kill a little bit of time in between. Uh, it's not intentionally paced that way. Also, what a lot of people don't realize is that running ahead of schedule is usually not a good idea uh, for events. Uh, so on the LCQ, for example, uh, we were actually running ahead of schedule on some of the pools because there were so many DQs. There were so many DQs because it was a free-to-enter tournament. So everybody enters just in case. And then at the last minute, they're like, I can't make it. And so, like, basically, we actually had to stretch things out a little bit because we didn't have enough matches to play on stream, literally. And so you're like, well, why not just finish the pool and start the next one? Because we tooled those players, your pool starts at this time, show up at this time. They literally, we can't start the pool earlier because, what, we DQ them for not their fault, <laughs> right? You can't do that. And so you have to stretch it out a little bit, right? A lot of that comes from the fact that Street Fighter VI is a tremendously faster game than Street Fighter V. A lot of us are still on Street Fighter V schedules and it's a learning process. We'll figure it out. We'll figure out if we can squeeze in more matches between breaks as we go. But again, you know, when your schedule is a certain schedule, you have the ad breaks that you have to fulfill. You have to make sure you start at specific times. And so if you're running a little ahead of time, you do have to stretch a little bit. And that's, and that's just the way it works, you know? Um, Street Fighter V was a much slower game, much, much slower game. So, you know, um, that's just kind of what, uh, oh, Zhang, Zhang is what Nan is. Okay, interesting. Thanks for that information. Um, <laughs> you know, Angel Butler of Time, who says, I hope since jury won, people won't say she's broken and needs nerfs. Dude, 
Welcome to the internet. Remember, nobody talked about Birdie until Mena RD won with Birdie. Nobody talked about Rose until Luffy won with a Rose in, at Evo. Nobody talked about Gen until Sien won with Gen at Evo. It's the way it always happens. I mean, look, when Problem X won the LCQ, I was like, I told you Blanca was the best. I told you he was so good. And then Problem X kind of melted in LCQ, and I was like, Crickets, right? You just crickets for me. So, <laughs> oh man. Um, ah, but see, that's the thing. Maybe could have showed some exhibition matches with Ed or small balance changes. Do you know how hard that is? You would have to grab one of the setups with the Ed build from the floor, bring it to the stage, plug it in, make sure that it actually works, and then do stuff. Who are you gonna get to play? Who's gonna talk about it? You gotta find someone to talk about it, et cetera, et cetera. It's just, there's, it's not, like literally we have a spreadsheet that tells us exactly what's happening at every point in time. Like it's, it's just, it's not as free form as you think it is. If you try to do stuff like that, that that is what messes up production and broadcasts. Uh, when you're actually uh, in, involved in that whole entire thing, it's really interesting. You have no idea how many times we're on commentary and the two of us are like, get to the match, get to the match in our heads. And we're like, yeah, so this match is here. And then all of a sudden in our heads, like stall for a bit, stall for a bit, stretch it out, stretch it out. So, you know, one of the coolest things about that last match, you know, a lot of people talking about jury, but jury is blah 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 like i mean people are thinking that we're trying to smell our own farts here and stuff but like literally we're we're doing what we're told it was so funny because on espn they did a uh reality show to become the next espn sports caster sports center caster at one point in time and they were showing i was watching an episode of that this was long before i was even a commentator i were i even thought commentary was a thing for in my future like I was sitting there watching it and they would be talking like, yeah, and this game happened. And then all of a sudden someone in their ear would be like, we're quick, quick, quick. The Nuggets game is going into like is about to end and we're going to go and watch the last minute of it. Make sure you do like someone's talking in their ear while they're talking. And I was like, yo, that's that's impossible. I can't believe they do that. How do they keep talking and listen to someone talking to them at the same time? And now I do it all the time. <laughs> I literally do it all the time. Like, you guys don't know. We're just sitting there and we're commentating. Okay, guys, just throw it to break. Okay, make sure you do your CTA. Talk about uh, next CTA is Pagoda Egg Rolls. Talk about uh, Pagoda Egg Rolls. And so I'm sitting there, like, while they're saying that to me, I'm like, yeah. So what was interesting is that he was always trying to get in all the time and you could see the footsies. Have you ever heard a commentator all of a sudden sound like they're just kind of droning? <laughs> Like, a lot of the times when that happens, it's because they're listening to something and they're autopiloting words out of their mouths. <laughs> they're literally, like, like, literally, I can do that. Like, I can just be like, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I could take a real point. I could take a real point. I'm not just saying nothing. But once I start talking about something, you kind of autopilot. I'm like, yeah, what was interesting was, if you notice what happened there, you know, Mike X was walking him down the entire time. He was letting him walk backwards while he was doing, like you can kind of do that while someone is literally talking in your ear. And a lot of times it's like, stretch, stretch. We need, we, we need to, we need more time. We need more time. The player needs to go to the bathroom. Oh, we need more time. We're having trouble with the stick. Need more time. We're swapping out the console. You know, like it's so crazy how it works 
when these kind of things happen. Uh, so a lot of times, yeah, uh, the pacing is very weird. The pacing is weird, but the pacing has to be accurate, right? We, we're not allowed to run too far ahead unless there's really nothing to you know, worry about in that situation. But so let's say during the LCQ when we were doing the groups, if we had the opportunity to jump ahead, so like the very first pool, because it was so early in the morning, had the most DQs. We had nobody to fill the stream. So between the matches, the replays were longer. The commentators talked a lot longer because what's the alternative? If we ran it at the pace that we were supposed to run it at, we would have ended that group 20 minutes early. What do we do with that 20 minutes? Literally, we would just be sitting there and being like, okay, guys, so you want to watch us play rock, paper, scissors? You know, let's ask some questions to some, like for 20 minutes. Is that worse or better <laughs> than us interspersing that 20 minutes throughout the different parts and actually having replays and listening uh, to, 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 you know, uh, people talk about interesting things. <laughs> Listen to JB's theme for 20 minutes straight, exactly. Uh, the voices in my head are real. They are absolutely real. Yeah, 20 minute commercial break. And do you know how much that kills viewership? Do you know how much that just like absolutely murders viewership? People got better things to do than to wait 20 minutes all of a sudden. So, you know, it's a tricky situation. It, it really, 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 really is. Uh, and a lot of people don't realize how tricky it is from the, uh, the, 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 the behind the scenes side. You know, it's not as straightforward as a lot of people think, as most of the world is, <laughs> is not as easy. How do you come up with stuff to talk about on the fly when you're asked to fill time? Me and David have said this forever, but we can do this forever. Like literally, if you needed us to kill 20 minutes, we'll kill 20 minutes. Especially me. I can, you can give me any topic. I will find a way to talk about it for 20 minutes. Like we're good at that. That is just a literal talent. Whereas when you've seen at events where they don't hire official commentators on downtime, you see the person on the commentator go, go, well, I guess we're just waiting for matches. All right. And you just sit there, <laughs> right? Like literally like that's a talent. You give me any chance to talk about anything. I mean, that's why all of a sudden, sometimes when I'm commentating, I'll just be like, you know what? There's this crazy story that this happened. This person did this and da 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 da. And the other person's like, thank you. I didn't have a story. Let's roll with this. And then, you know, it's, it's crazy how much it's like that, right? I mean, look at this stupid show, right? I mean, yeah, exactly like Two Hollow says, right? Every time I'm like, today is gonna be a short episode. This topic is only going to be 10 minutes long. And then like 50 minutes later, I'm like, why am I still talking about this topic? Uh, dude, I, I, I will never not have a lot of things to say. And I think a lot of that is the OCD, ADHD nature of me. I can just kind of ramble forever, which is why my commentary ends up being that way a lot of times where I get stuck on one point and talk about that one point, even though three things have happened in the match after that. So, uh, how do they choose who gets to commentate top eight, top 16? No idea. They just tell us, you guys are doing this, you guys are doing this. In fact, we didn't even know who was gonna commentate top eight uh, and, and top 16 until like Friday. 
literally the day before, uh, uh, like, uh, like the day before the SFL finals. Like, we literally had no idea. Oh, yeah, speaking of SFL finals, shout-outs to Team Bandits. That was super cool. I wish they would change the format of that. Maybe I'll talk about that some other time. But again, you know, commentary is tricky. Production is tricky. A lot of people don't realize how, how crazy stuff is going on. Yeah, crazy how one player can carry a team. I mean, it wasn't even just that one player could carry a team, Mike Lee. Uh, what bothered me was that it just came down to Mena versus Bonchan. Sure, they put Ryusei at him at the very end, but let's face it. That entire team tournament grand finals was determined by one matchup, which was Mena versus Bonchan. Like, they literally should have just played a four out of seven, and that should have just, that should have been the end of it, honestly. Uh, that's the problem with the format. I, I think the format needs to change uh, a little bit. So, uh, like I said, I would just like to see it every match is 10 points. And then you just have to cycle through all four of your players and you keep doing that until one person wins. I get the 20 point thing and the tiebreaker stuff during the regular season, but when you get to the finals, it just be 10 points, 10 points, four matches, four matches, four matches. Uh, and instead of maybe going to 70, just go to 60 or something like that so it doesn't last forever, uh, basically. So, uh, yeah, I'm surprised they didn't send Tokido up, but I think they were expecting Ryusei's JP to be able to cause some problems because JP clearly a very, very strong character. Uh, but in any case, yeah. I mean, thanks for that prompt, actually. Honestly, uh, what was it? It was Let's Play Video Games. Thank you for that prompt, actually. It was a really, really good thing to talk about, and I've always wanted to talk about that a little bit more. In fact, I actually wanted to type it into chat during the LCQ, just being like, sorry, guys, we can't finish 20 minutes early because we're just going to sit here for 20 minutes, that, you know, kind of situation. But, you know, uh, it is it is cool to be able to talk about these kind of things. So, all right. So that was uh, Capcom Cup X. Uh, unless anybody has any other cool questions to ask that I can definitely go on tangents on forever. What's that? What's that? Oh, stretch it, stretch. Okay. <laughs> um, any news about Marvel 4? Stop it, Forrest. Stop it. Yes, that's right. So we will talk about that, though. Thank you, Forrest. Uh, they did announce that next year... You know, they said there was going to be more offline events, but they also announced that the grand prize will be a million dollars again, which is really surprising because right before they said that, they said, we're kind of going back to the budgets of previous years. But then they said first place is still getting a million dollars, which is crazy. Well, does that mean the prize is split even further? There's like $1 million, then second place is like, here's your check for $1,000. GG's. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how that's going to work, but I'm really glad to see that the winner is getting a million dollars because it would really be kind of hard to go backwards uh, even in the second year. You know, I, I, I think it would really uh, be kind of tough. Lucky score, like I said uh, earlier to people, I thought the Buffalo chicken ones were okay, but that's because they, that, that they were basically Mexican egg rolls, right? And that kind of confused me a little bit. But the pork egg rolls were actually super godlike. Like the first one that I ate, I was like, yo, yo. So like I, I'm actually legit going to buy a bunch of them at the grocery store for myself. Like legit, legit. 
Um, yeah, but I, I did not expect a million dollars again. So I'm really happy for that. I just, let's keep changing more lives, man. Let's keep changing more lives. And I think that that's, I think that's so cool. I just think that's so, so, so cool.